Hi there, Riley here, the artistic director of It's Personal. There are a few more terrifying phrases to utter than, I want a raise. Fernanda Heron takes us through asking for a raise during our uncomfortable show. And it is uncomfortable, but also empowering. Let's get personal. man um i'd like to request request really what the fuck are we doing asking for permission let's try this again i'm an exceptional employee and i deserve a raise deserve okay uh, calm down you don't want to sound too demanding what am i doing you know this cheap shit's gonna say no Well, if you don't ask, it's a definite no. And if you ask, there's a small chance. Do you really want to live with that what if? You've grown so much. You're responsible. You're always looking for ways to improve the company. And you're a damn good employee. You work harder than anyone else. And you deserve a salary that reflects that. It's not easy, okay? It's uncomfortable. I I feel so vulnerable, like I'm sharing a secret and I'm afraid of being judged. Why do I have to justify my worth? Why can't my hard work just be acknowledged and be rewarded with a raise? You know, like when you were little and you got a golden star every time you did a good thing. Like, why can't I just get one more dollar for all the good things I've done? Yeah, I wish it was that easy too. Oh my God, am I really being that girl that just nods and smiles because I think my needs are a problem or a burden for someone? You see, I'm a daughter of immigrant parents and growing up, I was taught to respect my elders and people with money and who usually has money, you know. I was raised to think that asking for something is an inconvenience, not for me, but for the person I'm asking. My mom has been cleaning the same houses for years and she's gotten one. She's too scared. It's uncomfortable to justify and my mom is just happy to even have a job. The thought of asking might mean that she could lose her job Her employer might disagree with her and let her go just because she asked. If she won't do it for cheap, has come to in her head. This fear of asking has now unfortunately been passed down to me. Great, at least I'm inheriting something, right? I don't blame my parents for not speaking up sometimes. They're from a different country and being in this country and simply having a job is such a blessing. And it is. But when you work your ass off, you need to speak up. Mama didn't raise no fool. 
She put you through college so that you could have options. So your education and your work ethic could speak for itself and you can get paid what you deserve. You're right. Let's try this again. Hi, Fernanda. Thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about this piece. When you heard about the theme of the show being uncomfortable, how did you decide what to write about? I think I just thought about the most recent thing that had become uncomfortable to me to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to deal with uncomfortable things all the time. And this one just won. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's things that are uncomfortable that you can get through that are, are minor, asking for help, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. But this one was pretty major and I had thought about it for quite some time. So it was like the biggest one. So I knew I had to share it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you did because I was like, wow, this is so relatable. Like as soon as you brought it in. Yeah, and then it was your first time performing with It's Personal, and it was completely online, like we were, you know, in quarantine, as we still are. But yeah, so what was that rehearsal process like to do this show online? You know, it was interesting because I just feel like we do our best online, but I feel like there's still a little piece missing because we are not on stage connecting. Mm-hmm. I feel like what we miss um, online is energy. A hundred percent. I think the camera or the internet or whatever, the computer can just suck it out and you just, it's, you can't feel it, you know? So it's just different. And I just knew that I had to be extra just vulnerable, you know, to really get my point across. Because um, I feel like you can say what you want, but if you're not really feeling it, it's going to be hard to kind of transcribe or like, you know, have people understand the importance of it for you. Because I'm sure that people saw my performance and maybe thought like, well, I've asked for a race before. Like, it's not that hard. But for me, it was a big deal. So it was more than just telling you that it was like what was going through my mind and the conversation that I had going in my mind while it was happening. So it was just really letting myself go. Right. And letting letting it take over, almost reliving that event. Yeah. But over, you know, knowing that it overcame it and it happened already. I love that you brought that up because that's like something I thought about too is like you're basically like giving us a glimpse into your inner monologue. We're experiencing you experience this moment, but also the way you're talking to yourself about it. And like, why did that feel important to share that sort of inner monologue you had going on during this uncomfortable moment? Um, It was very important to me because it's a constant battle. And I was sharing it in hopes that someone could relate to it and know that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And it just... um, 
I'm becoming more aware and accepting of that dialogue in my head. And sometimes we're not as kind to ourselves as we would be talking to a friend. So it's just being your own cheerleader, having compassion with yourself. So for me, it was really important to, to bring that part up because it's almost like the most important part because it will guide you into what you will say next and how you deal with other situations that are similar. Will you pay attention to the voice that inside that is scared and acting out of fear? Or are you going to try to calm yourself down, acknowledge that fear is protecting you, but you need to do what's, you need to at least ask for something that will make you happy. So I thought it was very important to to relate in that sense, especially. Yeah, it was almost like we were watching you have like a devil and an angel on your shoulder being like, okay, do this. Don't do this. Do this. Exactly. And I recently heard about this like interesting statistic that women are more often to basically like talk themselves out of getting what they want at work and asking for a raise or something like that like they already are negotiating in their mind with themselves so they go in and end up asking for less than what they want and I guess like a woman's trait like a trait that women have and I just found that so fascinating because it's like you're telling us oh what if should I be asking for a should I okay I gotta psych myself up like you're basically showing us that experience of being in your own head That's so funny that you found a statistic because I'm living proof. Right. You know, it's funny. I'm sure that, well, I I won't, I don't know what went through your head, but I'm sure there are women who have read it and didn't include themselves thinking, oh, I don't do that. Right. Even then we're in denial. So absolutely. And um, I'm currently reading a book where it talks about that, how we are so good at making stuff up on our heads. (laughs) Yeah. Why is that? I have no idea. The self-sabotage is so real. And the thing about it is is that I don't know if that type of fear or self-sabotage will really ever go away. But practicing every day with asking and getting through that little voice and kind of taking a breather and a pause when you're having that conversation or making up that story in your head, I think will create... um, a better relationship with yourself Mm -hmm. and will make it easier to ask for help or ask for what you want and um, give less power to that story that you've completely made up. And the thing about it is that making up the story is not even like the worst part. It's that it's a self-sabotaging story. Mm -hmm. Why can't we make up a story that it works out and that that they're going to say yes? Like, why is it the negative? It's it's interesting how we decide to go that route instead. Yeah, it's like, why are we like already negotiating the way that they're going to say no instead of being like, okay, well, I want this, so I'm going to ask for it and like, maybe I'll get it. And it's so weird. Exactly. Or we think about like, well, if they say no, then I'll just do this. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, you're already like deciding everything, like the decision and like what you'll do after And then sometimes you'll be pleasantly surprised and you'll get what you want. And all you have to do is ask. But it gets easier with practice, I will say. Oh, yeah. Did you get the raise? Initially, no. Oh. And 
Yeah, initially, no. And I have to be honest, it wasn't that huge of a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. But um, a few weeks later, I don't know exactly what went down, but I, based on the circumstances, I like to believe that another uh, manager advocated for me and um, mm-hmm. I did get a raise. It wasn't what I had initially asked for, but they, I can't remember if they met me in the middle or was pretty close to what I asked mm-hmm. But it was interesting to receive because it was about three weeks after I had asked for it initially. And I just thought, like, what was what was what took you three weeks to realize that you could? Right. Or even say, let me let me think about it. Let me figure things out. I'd like to talk to the other managers to, you know, just see what's going on. But it was like a no off the bat and it was like the nicest no and I just Mm -hmm. even though I didn't get it initially I have to say that I was very proud of myself for even asking and I you know anything I do I want to be just like proud and feel confident about my decisions so yeah I didn't get it initially eventually they met me in the middle or, or close but that wouldn't even have happened if I wouldn't have asked right A hundred percent. You don't get a raise if you, you know, if you don't ask for it. So it definitely, as much as it probably was hard to go through that, like an initial no, and you built yourself up to asking for this thing that was hard to go into asking, like you are the one that helped facilitate that eventually. Exactly. Um, But that's really interesting. Wow. And um, just to add a little bit to that, it's hard to accept the response without um, connecting it to your worth, right? Mm -hmm. And just reminding myself that that when they said no, it didn't mean I was less of an employee or less of a person or I wasn't deserving. So it was, that was in itself another thing I had to deal with, right? I overcame the courage to ask and then I had to deal with the emotions that came with the response you know so yeah that's hard because it's hard to not think okay well then I'm bad at this job like like if only I was this or that then I would get this thing that I asked for exactly I I didn't get so it's like you have to psych yourself up like at the end too of like I know that I'm good I know that I did enough to like warrant this and it's not my problem that they didn't see that initially Exactly. Yeah. So what did you learn about yourself from not only asking for this raise, but also then talking about it publicly? Um, what I learned about myself, I think, is that is that I can. I can. Because, mm-hmm. Period. So regardless of what I, how I can self-sabotage, make up stories in my head, Whenever I set my mind to something, I always get it done, which was asking for that raise and many other things that I have accomplished in my life. So I just know that when I set my mind to something, I can and it might not be easy, but if it's important enough to me and the why is important enough too, that I can do something, you know? Mm-hmm. It just, it was a really good growing moment for me, little grown up moment, very like independent moment for me to experience because you don't have too many of them in your life when you feel like you have Mm -hmm. to ask for a raise all the time, right? You just feel when the time is right 
you, that you're feel like, okay, I've been here for so long. I've done this for the company. So it also made me feel good to know after the fact, oh, when they met me halfway that, um, I was valued, you know, they mm-hmm. reevaluated what I was saying and there's no way I would have asked for the raise if I didn't feel like I had contributed to the success of the company at all. Right. Um, and obviously that's why I waited. Like, you know, what am I asking for a raise for, you know? So I had definitely a list of things that I had accomplished for them and contributed to. So it was good to look at myself as a hardworking person. And that's how I am, regardless of what I'm doing. I always want to mm-hmm. be able to contribute to the team and not just have it be a job that I go to and don't care about. Yeah. I feel like this is so inspiring. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you should give like a whole talk on this topic. It's so good. Um, so in your piece, you talk a little bit about your parents' experience and then your mom never asking for a raise. And I'm curious if you talked to her about this piece or if she saw your piece at all. Um, I believe she saw it and I told her a little bit about it before I did it to kind of let her know that she inspired it a little bit. And um, my parents are immigrants from a different country and have always been very hardworking. But I mean, my mom has asked for a raise now and so has my dad, but it really stemmed from like growing up and not seeing that they have progressed in life by having more work, but maybe not necessarily moving up as far as positions. Right. Yeah. So it's very interesting to be growing up with that in the household, but then be growing up in a country that tells you otherwise. Right. Um, Where the opportunities are endless and asking for what you want is is okay. And a lot of people who are successful, that's how they are became successful by asking for what they wanted. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't blame them at all for not being as courageous to always ask for more money at their current jobs. Thankfully, with time um, and having more confidence in in their English and in their work ethic, um, they have been able to ask for a raise. So it was just acknowledging that part, but then also not letting it um, define me. And um, if that's what I grew up with, that's okay, but it doesn't always have to be like that. If it's fear that arises, it's just protecting me from being vulnerable and possible rejection. But um, if I do not ask, I will not know. So I think taking a risk and um, asking for anything beyond a raise, you know, Uh, you know, your partner, if they're in love with you, or if, you know, if you're still friends with somebody, just asking and putting yourself in that position, I think takes practice. And it was something I think I had to learn on my own. That wasn't really Mm -hmm. seen in my household. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, that fear is such a real thing. That fear, girl, it'll get you. Yeah. Like, (laughs) it's crazy. And yeah, I really commend you for like going for what you want and like learning how to be unapologetic about it it's just it's it's a hard thing to do it's so crazy how we are so scared to even ask for for anything I even think about it now and like 
relationships, you know, especially with girls afraid to ask, you know, like Mm -hmm. with a guy, are we dating? Are we official? Like, what are you scared about? It's your life. It's your, you know, like you should know. And I think especially with women, I wanted to really bring the topic up because it's like we're scared to ask for anything all the time because we fear what it may look like in someone else's eyes, right? If I ask the guy, is he going to think I'm too needy or pushy? Mm -hmm. If I ask for the raise, am I going to be too demanding? Right. And it's just getting out of that mindset. And men do not think this way, I'm sure. No. (laughs) About being too demanding, you know? Yeah. So it takes practice in, in any part of your life, you know? to get comfortable Mm -hmm. with that yeah this is a weird tangent but the movie um he's just not that into you there's this quote that like got me through a lot of my 20s where like he's the guy says the girl like oh you gotta stop dating guys that aren't into you and she's like well then there won't be anybody left (laughs) i like remember (laughs) feeling that way like if i stop dating guys that don't really want to date me then i'm not gonna have anyone to date and it's like so sad but so true like you really have to not give time to people that are not giving it to you and like giving you exactly what you want but it's it's easier sometimes for us to be accommodating and to pretend it's not what we want because that just is like the easy way to go right it it would be harder right to find the love of your life that meets everything you want and I mean granted you know the day you fall in love and you find your soulmate maybe they won't even check off every single box Mm -hmm. but they will be so amazing in all these other ways that you will compromise because I think that's a big part of it right but it but it's so true that I think what it is is that we work so hard at so many things as women that sometimes we're just emotionally mentally exhausted of working at things that we will settle Mm -hmm. sometimes unfortunately with relationships and pay and positions yeah in in our career because we're just like you know what fine i'll just take it i've been working so hard all my life Mm -hmm. so it's finding um still that fire in you and that and having patience and knowing that it will work out yeah i totally agree um after this experience, do you feel more comfortable asking for what you want in the workplace? I will say, honestly, I am more clear about what I want. Is it less scary? No. <laughs> All the time it's scary. And um, the thing that I have learned is that it only gets a little bit better when you do it more often. Mm-hmm. Because then hearing a no, even if the no is quite often... It doesn't hurt you as much and you don't take it as personally as as much. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because as an actress, I mean, you will know too, how many no's do we get all the time? We after... just live on rejection. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's um, it's also taking that part of it where you're just not taking it personally right. Because if it's the color of my hair or the way I talk, I don't know how much of that I can really change to fit what you need. Right. So it's, sometimes it's beyond my control. So it's taking that kind of acceptance to other parts of your life as well. Yeah. That's the thing, though. I guess it depends on what what are priorities and what are important, what are different parts of your life more important where you feel strong enough to keep trying, right? With acting, I know mm-hmm. like that's what I'm getting myself into, so I'm okay with that. I've accepted right. it. But then there's other parts of life that I haven't taken that 
into consideration. And I think if transferring that part will really help, right? I don't, I, to be honest with you, I don't think the fear will ever go away. I think it'll always be scary. Um, I mean, you have to unlearn something that you've been doing for your whole life. Yeah, I think it's for women, it probably is taught at a pretty young age to kind of go like more introspective and, and talk yourself out of certain things. And, you know, we can see our moms do it. We can see that it's a thing that is inherent. And so we have to be like, oh, wait, like we have to just recognize it and realize that it's happening, basically. I wish there was a genie and I could just be like, you know, take away my fears of asking. <laughs> but um, I practice more often now to, with asking and mm-hmm. I have a better monologue going on in my head. Nice. It's still it's still a little scary. Well, yeah, I just love that you talked about this thing that I think, first of all, it's hard to talk about money you know, wanting a raise, feeling like you deserve something it, like in your job, like all these things are just kind of taboo topics. Um, and so I love that you just like brought that to the forefront. And I think it's such an important piece for people to listen to. One last question, since it's the uncomfortable show, I want to know what is the most comfortable thing that you own? Probably the sweater I have on. Oh, wait, it's one of those like fuzzy ones. I have one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's so funny? It's a gift because I, I'm a little bit of a rebel in the sense that if it's a trend, I will purposely not wear it because I, I'm like, I do not want to be like everyone else. And I love any fashion pieces that stand the the test of time and I can Mm -hmm. wear 20 years from now. And it's like vintage. Like, I think that's so cool. So yeah, I was totally against these kind of sweaters. If anyone, <laughs> I'll, they're the fuzzy ones that look like kind of teddy bear. Yeah, it's like a fuzzy, like, yeah, teddy bear. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was a gift for Christmas and I was like, okay, like I'll give it a try. And it was actually warm because I thought it was like very thin. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. it just looks cute and fuzzy, but I don't think it's going to keep me warm because it's not heavy. However, it keeps me so warm. So it's so nice to not have to layer so much right now and just wear this and it pretty much does the job. So I would say this sweater. I love that you're wearing it right now. No, I have that like same type of sweater and I literally get like hot in it. I'm like, wow, this is so cozy. Like it, it really helped. I think I, it's, I'm in Michigan and it's like very cold. I hope you took it with you. Yeah. I think I went to bed in it the other night because I was so cold in bed. Like it's really warm. So fuzzy sweaters. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how they managed to do it, but um, it works and I love it. And it's just soft and it almost feels like a blanket is like covering you. Good. Well, I'm glad you have some comfort. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for talking to us and um, thank you for sharing your piece. Of course. Um, Thanks for having me and thanks for having this platform. I think it's amazing, especially during these times where you need more of a creative outlet Mm -hmm. other than just like Instagram. And um, yeah, I just appreciate it. And thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Bye. It's Personal is a live storytelling show with a twist. You can find tickets to future shows in the 2021 season at itspersonalonstage.com 
or in the link in our Instagram bio at It's Personal On Stage. While you're on our website, take a second to catch up with our blog, sign up for a class or two, invest in a membership, and explore our store for the coolest merch in town. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.